Folks, what's going on? Arm and Hammer here. Today, we're going to be answering yet another one of your questions. This one comes from Connor O'Brien. He wants to know what are some important things to know, consider, expect when transitioning from being a member of a gym to being a coach at a gym? It's a good question. Let's get to it. First off, my assumption is that any type of new staff coming into an affiliate is going to have to go through some sort of onboarding program, whether that's like starting as an intern and then becoming an assistant coach and then coaching classes with someone who is shadowing them to finally running classes on their own with no supervision at the time, or they have a complete development program that starts from, are you interested in being a coach? We'll teach you everything you need to know and potentially graduate you up to coaching classes at our affiliate. And that should exist whether you're bringing in staff from your own membership or from an outside hire. You just need to be able to go through those steps, not necessarily to teach every single person that comes in through the door how to coach classes because some people will already have that, but at the very least to give them the tools they need to actually execute the job the way that this specific affiliate owner or head coach or whatever wants it executed. And so the first thing you should expect is to go through that type of a program, whether it's starting from step one, which is I'm interested in this coaching thing, but don't really know what's going on or how to improve at it or how I even get started coaching to, you know, oh, I already have my L1. I've coached at other affiliates before, and I'm just trying to get into this you know, a new uh, new set of classes for my schedule, a new job for me to do type thing. No matter what your level is approaching it, you should expect to go through that sort of a process, some sort of a development process where you learn the logistics of the actual coaching at that gym. And if you are in a situation where your affiliate owner is just handing out classes with no oversight to people to coach, then there, there's a major problem there. There's a major problem there. You don't bring on coaches with no oversight just so that you can get you know, a, another morning to sleep in or a night off. That is a, that's a symptom of a much more damaged sort of business structure as opposed to bringing in coaches, developing them, making sure that they fit into your culture and understand your workflow and understand what you're trying to create and how they fit into that big plan. But either way, neither here nor there, number one thing is expect to go through that process. You're not going to just transition overnight from being a member to coaching classes on your own. And you, you shouldn't, maybe you will, but you definitely shouldn't. And you should expect to learn many different practical aspects of the actual coach's job. It's not just what happens within that one hour. It, 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 there's a lot more involved. You need to know, for example, is it your job to check the attendance of everyone that's in the class? Like if there's a sign-in system or a class reservation system, do you check the attendance and make sure that happens while they're all out on a warm-up lap or warming up on the ergs or something? Or do you also have other responsibilities as a coach at the gym? Do you get an email at the gym and also have a roster of members that you're supposed to check in with and talk to? Do you process transactions, membership transactions, or retail transactions, or does someone else handle that? Is that just not within your purview? Do you restock 
the fridge with O2 or Killcliff or whatever? Do you do you clean the bathrooms? Do you clean the gym itself? What are your responsibilities? Those practical considerations are incredibly important. And there's a lot that goes into coaching that isn't just that one hour that you're having FaceTime with the members. And I think it's important to understand and to expect there to be much more to the job than just the coaching aspect of it. As far as the technical coaching skills go, you need to know that those skills need to be constantly developed and sharpened. Otherwise, they rust very quickly. You lose it very, very quickly if you don't use it. And so it's important to understand that not only are you going to be developing your coaching skills over time, but you're also going through that process to be exposed to feedback, both positive and critical feedback. Both those things are very important to your ability to develop the technical skills of coaching. And those technical skills of coaching can be wide ranging and they can be tested in many different ways. So there's always the aspect of understanding what warmups exist and why. So maybe one of your your responsibilities as the coach is to write the warm up for that class and you get to you get to pick the warm up for your class and if you're new or early on you'll probably copy someone else's warm up and get a better idea of why that works and then you'll copy another coach's warm up and then you'll google it and find other warm ups for the types of workouts that you're doing and you'll get a much better idea and over time start using your own warm ups right so maybe that's part of your skill set that you develop over time. And maybe part of that skill set that you haven't even thought about is knowing how long of a warm up to use and why in what situations. Sometimes you're going to warm up for 15, 20, 25 minutes in the class. And sometimes you're only going to do a very bare bones, like eight minutes in and out. And we're getting right into the magic of the movements. And we're going to get into the actual meat of the class here. And so you have to know why those different situations would come up. And part of that application, which is a very surgical application of a broad base of knowledge, part of that is having that broad base of knowledge, which you only really get through experience and through feedback and through uh, you know learning from other people's experience. And so you need to understand that those techno- technical skills of coaching, and not just about running a class on time from zero to 60, from minute zero to minute 60, which is incredibly important, but it's also being able to answer seemingly innocuous questions that the members might toss at you, not necessarily trying to do like a gotcha, but they might ask you a question that you may not have an answer to if you're newer at this. They might ask you, why do we have our hands in this position when we front squat versus this position when we thruster versus this position when we do push press or push jerks? And if you don't have a quick, reasonable, concise, accurate answer to give them, you can't just bullshit your way through that. And so the technical aspect of coaching is something that requires a lot of time and experience. And there is definitely situations where it's okay to be like, Hey, you know what? I'm actually not a hundred percent sure about that. Let me figure it out and get back to you and let's move on with the rest of the class. Right. As opposed to just sort of making something up or guessing it's not going to go very well. And those types of situations will happen 
all the time. People aren't trying to create like speed bumps for you. It just happens because people have questions. And the best way to answer those questions in a reasonable way that, that shows that you actually have all that knowledge, all that technical coaching skill and all the experience behind it, it's actually have all that experience behind it. You can't give a reasonable, clear, concise explanation to somebody if you don't actually know what you're talking about. So the practical aspects of your job, knowing, for example, what your actual role includes, what your sort of scope of practice might be as a coach at the gym, that's really important to understand, to sort of lay that out relatively early and, and sort of clearly find those boundaries. The technical aspect of coaching, not just what happens on a minute-to-minute basis, not just what happens in queuing up any of the classes um, or someone's movement, and not just what happens in teaching, okay, here's a kipping pull-up and why we kip. Not just those things, but having the depth of knowledge over time to be able to clearly answer questions that come out your way, to be able to go into deeper uh, you know, d- deeper uh, explanations as time allows or outside of class hours to be able to understand and receive feedback, both positive and negative about what you're doing and improve it. Sometimes, by the way, that technical aspect could be simply things like how you project your voice, what types of filler words you use, ums, you knows, rights, that type of thing. I have a ton of those. They happen all the time. Nobody's going to have it perfect and you're going to sound like a robot if you do try and make it perfect, but you improve over time being able to speak to the group. So there's a lot of that sort of practical aspect and technical aspect of coaching, but there's also the sort of philosophical aspect of what is your role because you have been moved from a role of a member of a gym, a member of a community to almost a figure of authority within that community. And there's a lot of Uh, potential imbalances and a potential pitfalls that could happen in that transition. As far as that role, the sort of shape of your role goes, it to me is important to understand that you're not just some authority figure. You shouldn't have a power trip because you have keys to the gym or because you are allowed to write on the whiteboard what the workout is that day. These are not things that suddenly make you a better human being or more valuable in any you know, important sense, right? The role of a coach is one of service. It's one of teaching. It's one of guidance. And you may be, in my situation, for example, younger, significantly younger than your average member, or you may be significantly older, or you may be peers when it comes to your age, but your role as a coach is one of service, service in multiple levels, service to the individual member who's there to learn, to get fitter, to improve their lives, to have a good hour, to have some stress relief, however they sort of approach it and how your gym applies it. A service to the community the community is a fragile thing. A lot of different things can get in the way of you know, this group of very eclectic human beings coming together, all of them with a like-minded, similar goal of being fitter, learning more about themselves, experiencing this thing all together. The community deserves you, not just as a member of being part of the community, being yourself and bringing that energy to it, but it also deserves you as a coach serving it and ensuring it has the right momentum 
in the right direction. And we all know that that community, it, it can be a fragile thing. Drama between coaches and members, between owners and coaches, owners and members, between even members in the same class can help. It can really like derail it a little bit to the point where, you know, as a coach, I've had conversations with members of my own gym. Be, hey, guys, like, listen, I know whatever it was that was going on here didn't work out, but you can't take that out on each other while we're running class or in our gym like you have to be grown-ups about this doesn't work that way this is like a place of business and a community that is going to get poisoned if this continues that sort of thing so we know that it's like a fragile balance so as you're serving the members you're also serving the community and making sure that it's moving forward in a direction that is not just positive but also in agreement with the owner of the gym who you're also serving in a way you're serving their vision for what this community is going to become and be and you can help shape that vision as a member of the coaching staff just the same way the members help shape the vision by telling everybody involved what they want to experience and what they expect to experience but you need to be able to serve that vision in order to move it forward in a meaningful way. So Connor, I hope that answered your question. I know that was a lot of in-depth stuff, so here's a very quick review for you. The practical aspects of transitioning from being a member to a coach means that you have to learn the actual job itself. What are the expectations that the ownership has on you? What are the responsibilities you actually have and how do you execute those things to the best of your ability? Then there's the technical aspect of actually coaching, your breadth of knowledge, your understanding of mechanics, your ability to time out the class from minute zero to minute 60, or answer seemingly innocuous questions that could trip you up if you try and bullshit your way through them. These, these different parts of it take a lot of time to develop, a lot of experience, and it can be rough because part of that experience is like messing it up and getting both positive and really critical feedback and being able to sort of take the ego out of it in order to understand, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm improving at this thing that is called coaching. And then there's the philosophical part of understanding that you're not really an authority. You can be a leader and you can be an authority, but more than anything, you're a servant and, 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 a, and in service of the members, the community, and the rest of the staff as well as your boss, the affiliate owner, because it's those people and that group of people to whom one, as the members you're providing a service for, they're coming there for fitness, they're coming there for a class, to the community, you're there to help propel it forward, give it momentum, make sure that it's not careening off course to go off of a cliff because of some ridiculous either behavior from inside the staff or outside the staff or whatever's going on outside of the walls of the gym, that sort of thing. And you're also you know, talking about living up to the, the staff that you once were being served by. As a member transitioning to coaching staff, you probably had a really positive experience and you want to live up to that positive experience that you received by passing it along to the next group of members. And so you have to have that perspective of I'm here to grow. I'm here to learn. I'm just at the beginning of this. It's going to take time. I'm going to get better. And I'm in service of 
all of this. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Remember, there's a whole lot going on in our sport. Easy to miss some of the most interesting and exciting things. That's what I'm here for. I hope this has been interesting and exciting. It is for me. It's always fun for me to get a chance to talk about these different things and answer these different questions. I love being able to help people through this and share the types of experiences that I had, both as a gym owner and a coach, both my mistakes and the places where I think I excelled and the processes and thought processes and sort of, you know, mind environments I developed to try and consider some of these questions and problems that could come up. And so if you have any of these questions or issues or concerns or something, drop them in the comment section. If you have something about training that you're curious about or something about the actual logistics of running a gym, let me know. This is the best place to do it and I will get to your questions over time, I promise. Thank you so much, everybody. Let me know how, you, how I did, what you think of how I did answering this question and I'll see you very, very soon. Take care.